Hi, I'm Stacy Hyde and I'm back for another episode of Better Financial Health in 15 Minutes or Less. And today I'd like to talk about something that n almost no one likes to pay and that's taxes. But um, the IRS recently opened um, the portal to receive tax returns and you're probably getting a lot of tax documents in the mail. So I thought it might be worthwhile to talk a little bit about tax payments, what you need to gather to make sure that you're giving everything to your accountant or if you're doing it yourself using say H&R Block or TurboTax or some other software and doing it on your own that you have all the information that you need. Most people don't have any trouble remembering to grab their W-2, but we seem to have a lot of people who, especially if they're new to investing, or maybe they didn't really think about it as investing before they had an employee stock purchase plan, and so they have this investment account, or they opened a Robinhood account, and they have this. Well, those accounts will also send you a 1099 but don't get in too big of a hurry to file because most of those, particularly if you owned any mutual funds within that account, those 1099s don't come until usually sometime in February. If you log on to your portal and go to tax documents, a lot of times they'll tell you when to expect them, but if not, or if you work with an advisor, you can check with them to see when they might be available. You do not want to file your return until you have this information. It's one of the quickest ways to get on the IRS's naughty list because your income that you report on your tax return won't report won't match what they add up when they look at your 1099s and your W2s. Also, and I hope this was not you, but if it was, if you took a hardship distribution or some other distribution from a retirement plan or changed jobs and cashed out a retirement plan, last year, you will also get a 1099 for that. It's what's called a 1099-R for retirement. You'll also need to add that into your tax calculations. And we find out that a lot of people did not have enough withheld on those types of distributions to cover all the taxes, so they're often surprised at how much they did owe. One thing to keep in mind this year, if your income, if you are married, if your income is over 150,000, you have to have paid in at least 100%, so what you owed at the end of 22 on your 22 taxes, you have to pay in that amount to avoid any uh, penalties or interest. If you make over 150,000 or over 75,000 if you're single, you have to have actually paid in 110% of the prior year. That's your safe harbor. Now, if you've paid in what you owe, then no harm, no foul. The reason I bring this up is the interest rate that the IRS uses to calculate late payments is now 8%. So if you're self-employed or maybe you're employed, but you have a side hustle or you sold some stock at a gain or you took this retirement distribution and you've gone through and you've looked and you're like, oh man, I'm gonna owe taxes. It might be worth your while, while it's still quote unquote late, to file an estimated payment for 2023 and go ahead and send that money into the IRS so that you don't accrue that 8% interest. 
Now, if you don't have that money sitting around right now, well, you can't pay it yet, but you definitely need to be ready and um, prepared for that. And then going forward, if this is you, you do have a side hustle or something like that, you're either gonna need to make estimated tax payments or you, if you have income coming in, say you're married and you work in a job, you could have your taxes withheld from your job at the higher single rates. Or if you happen to be on Social Security, you could have taxes withheld from those payments. All of those help you reduce what you have to pay at the time they're due. Also, as part of getting ready for your taxes, um, this doesn't impact that many people anymore because the standard deduction is so much higher, but you wanna gather your mortgage interest statement, you wanna gather your property tax receipts. If you don't own a home, but maybe you bought a car or something like that and you paid a lot of sales tax, you wanna make sure that you get that, but those are capped at $10,000. And any charitable contributions you made, you wanna get those receipts. And then you'll compare all of those to the standard deduction. And if it's higher, you'll take, you'll itemize. If it's lower, you'll just take the standard deduction. Um, it's, it's in the high twenties now for married couples. It's almost $30,000 for uh, a couple that's over age 65. So a lot of people don't itemize anymore. They just take the standard deduction. So that's something to keep in mind. It may, uh, it's not as big a deal to keep up with all your receipts anymore. But like I said, if you do have a side business, you wanna make sure you're capturing those receipts because you'll fill out what's called a Schedule C. And in those things like traveling to and from a job site, uh, maybe your cell phone, your internet, uh, if you had to do continuing ed or something along those lines, those are all deductible expenses, so you wanna make sure you capture those on what's called your Schedule C. So I've really just scratched the surface here. There's a lot going on, and if your situation is more complicated, it can be well worth it to spend a few hundred dollars to actually hire an accountant to look over everything. Or if you are pretty comfortable doing it yourself, um, you may ask a CPA to just do a review to make sure you didn't miss anything and give you some, basically buy a little bit of their time to look at it and give you some feedback so you know going forward. Good luck. Taxes are never fun. They are required to keep our world moving. And so with that, thanks for tuning in. This is Stacy Hyde with Better Financial Health in 15 Minutes or Less.